Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast. By the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact. Make yourselves heard. What's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake once again. Episode 76. It doesn't seem like five minutes since 75 since uh, it was just me and uh, the correspondence in the virtual world of social media and all that sort of nonsense. Speaking of nonsense, alongside me is Rob Hayes. Charming as ever, Peter. Thank you very much for that introduction. Oh, no, I, th- I thought it was uh, quite accurate. Anyway, um, before we get on to any you know, breaking news, any, any nonsense like Leicester not having a manager or, or something ridiculous uh, as that... But uh, so so, how are you then? What you what you been up to? You've been uh, you've been bowling. Uh, I've not personally been bowling. I don't think they'd let me anywhere near it. But I have been uh, presenting some international bowls: England v Scotland and England v Wales over the last few weeks. Yeah. Who won? Uh, well, Scotland won the men's test match. England won the women's test match, and England won the mixed test match against Wales. So you're all uh, t- TV'd up now. You know all the uh, all the famous ITV four people. The, the, you know, you know the famous people. Not really. I can't think of any that come ev- to mind. But everyone at the bowls was expecting Rishi Persad because that's what it said in the TV guide. And I turned up and they were like, "Oh, who are you?" Expecting who? Rishi Persad. You know, he does the snooker, does a bit of horse racing, he does the bowls world championships on the BBC. You mean you mean Rishi Persad? Yeah, him. <laughs> I don't know who you said. Persad. Persad. Passad. Don't you start lecturing me on pronunciation, selves. That is very true, but I've, I've, I've met him before at the racing, so um, yeah, only Yeah, he seems briefly. like a nice bloke, but I'm very much not him. <laughs> so people anyway, are like, oh, yeah. Enough of all this. Um, so I was driving home today from work, and my phone basically melted into my thigh. Um, was I and, the first uh, caller? Well, no, I wonder what it was. And... Um, and then, so I took my phone out, uh, and at an appropriate moment uh, on the road, I then checked it, and it turns out that Shakespeare's been sacked. He has. And you know what? We've waited a couple of hours till you got back in front of a, a microphone and off the uh, the sluggish M1, uh, and Leicester have, in the last 10 minutes, released a statement saying... Um, that they have parted company with first team manager Craig Shakespeare. Michael Appleton will be in charge uh, of the first team as caretaker manager for Saturday's Premier League trip to Swansea, supported by first team coaches Mike Stowell and Adam Sadler. Uh, Leicester City Vice Chairman Iowat Trivadana Prabha, yeah, got that one, uh, said Craig has been a great servant to Leicester City during his spells as an assistant manager and since taking over as manager in challenging circumstances in February. His dedication to the club and to his work has been absolute and the contribution. He made to the most successful period in Leicester City's history is considerable. However, our early promise under Craig's management has not been consistently evident in the months since. And the board feels that regrettably a change is necessary to keep the club moving forward, consistent with the long term expectations of the supporters, board and owners. Craig is and will remain a very popular, respected figure at Leicester City and will be welcomed back at King Power Stadium in future both professionally and as a friend of the club. Now then, 
First question, Peter. Craig Shakespeare's management uh, and a change is necessary to keep the club moving forward consistent with the long-term expectations of our supporters. Do you count yourself in that group of our supporters who have long-term expectations that were not being met by Craig Shakespeare? Uh, I would say I would say no. Um, first of all, that that statement really does show you that they mean business. Um, we know that they've put the money into the club, but they really mean business. They want to be a top ten established club that are challenging for Europe, um, which is as a Leicester fan that that sounds great. It means that they're here to stay and. They're not going to take anything like we've seen so far this season lightly. They're going to get rid of the manager and, and go with someone else. Um, the only uh, slightly worrying thing from there is, I, I know obviously they've not um, announced a new manager or anything like that yet, but um, it's a big surprise. It's a huge surprise. Uh, yes, the results have been disappointing. I know they've had a difficult start, like we've spoken about before. The game against West Brom was a disappointing game. A very sluggish first half Um but then, again, they didn't lose. But you look at the style of play, you look at where they are in the league, it's um, it's just not quite happening. But I'm under no illusion that Leicester... I think they would have been fine. I don't think it would have gone down or anything strange like that. It's uh, I don't know whether it's a knee-jerk reaction. No one knows. The one thing to say is that when they have done this in the past, when they have sacked a manager, it's worked out all right, hasn't it? When they got rid of Pearson, it worked out with Claudio. When they got rid of Claudio, it worked out with... Shakespeare for the short period of time, especially at the end of last season. Um, it's it's just a, it's it's a shame because end of the, he's been there for six years and uh, it's uh, it's a long time at the club and and we all know you know Shakespeare and we all know what he, what he can do. We we know he's a fabulous coach and I think that's the key thing. He is a coach, whether he is a top class manager or not. I have my doubts now. Really, it's uh, he he will get a, a a coaching position at one of the big clubs in, in the UK, it, quite easily, I think. Um, was I one of them of the, of the fans? No, I wasn't shouting for him to be sacked. I think it's quite exceptional to be shouting for a manager to be sacked so early in the season where you are not, say, rock bottom or it's not completely fell apart. Yes, we've had a difficult start, but we've been in those games against the big boys and we've been slightly disappointing recently in games that maybe we could uh, have looked to get three points. But it's not like the wheels have come off. So I wasn't one of those shouting for Shakespeare to go. Um, it's it's just, it, it, it's, it's still a big shock. The, the only thing I, I worry is, as soon as I heard it, my instant report, well, my instant thought was, surely they've got someone lined up. But if they don't, then we're going to have Appleton in charge for the game against Swansea. How long will it take? Is there any managers out there? Think of managers off the top of your head. There's not many obvious candidates. Let's uh, let's have a look at the uh, very early betting then. Uh, as it stands, Sam Allardyce is the odds-on favourite. Uh, Bookie's also supporting people like Chris Coleman, Roberto Mancini, Alan Pardew, Carlo Ancelotti's in at seven to one at the moment. Nigel Pearson ten to one for a, another return to the King Power Stadium. Uh, other names on there: David Wagner, Rafa Benitez, um, other big names like Pellegrini, Klinsman, Hiddink. Uh, it's it's always an interesting one, the managerial sack race, if you like. The the question is, what kind of manager is going to want to come to Leicester? I think it's quite an attractive prospect because we're only eight games in. They know that they're going to get a bit of time and they don't necessarily need 
uh, to have an instant reaction. It's not like we're bringing somebody in to save our season. Uh, we're bringing somebody in to say, look, change our fortunes or at least get us playing a way that, that people can relate to a bit better and pick up some results here and there. Um, I personally think that they need to get in somebody who has a very clear idea of the kind of football that they want to play, uh, the kind of players that they think they can bring in um, and or have a big a big name within football, if you like. I, I think the day that the Craig Shakespeare, they were kind of almost obliged to give him the job, really. Um, whether they ever thought it was going to be a long-term solution, whether they ever thought that we could achieve what they wanted to achieve with him at the helm, uh, we'll never know. Uh, I... We we backed him on this podcast uh, after saving us from from relegation. We backed him and said, "Look, he knows the players. He's proved that he can get results when he needs them. Let's give him a bit of time." I'd have given him longer than eight games, but he's gone. That's a fact. And I would be looking round about the twenty to one mark. Rafael Benitez, Newcastle have got up for sale today. That does nothing to reassure him about the long-term stability of that club and the long-term spending power that he's going to have there. He's got money to burn here at Leicester. Uh, it's a club of uh, similar stature. Or at Newcastle would probably argue that they're a slightly bigger club. But Benitez is a world-class manager who may or may not be thinking he feels 100% secure in his job at the minute. I completely agree with you. Um, and I know many people out there have mentioned Rafael Benitez um i was i was just talking about him not long ago on on, on the radio and again merseyside that uh, i mentioned before they like the soap opera that is leicester and this is just uh this is just absolute fuel on their fire and um and and i i said about rafa and i says the same thing that newcastle being put up for sale and he's unhappy with what's happened at the club and he's obviously a, a fabulous manager and a cracking job there whether he would come to Leicester or not I'm not entirely sure I know we're obviously a very rich club with a good team good squad and a good recent history and, and a standing in European football and quite an attractive place to go um, I just fear that they might not have someone in mind um, and if they don't then they might be scratching around the likes of uh, Allardyce um, I don't think they go for someone like Pardew, but those kind of people, which don't get me wrong, Sam Allardyce, he's, he's done well at, at many clubs, and I think many Leicester fans would have thought that he probably would have been here at some point in his career. It, it just kind of uh, it's inevitable that he would go to a club the size of Leicester. But um, whether that's the direction that the owners want to take, if they've got serious ambitions of being an established top ten club uh, and maybe looking further up, then maybe they need to go big. Do they need to try and get someone that we should really think is probably out of our reach? Uh, people who look at Angelotti, absolutely no chance. He's just finished at Bayern Munich. He's got no chance of going to Leicester. Uh, Mancini, personally, I'd like to see Mancini there. I think it might, again, still be, he might be still too big a manager to come to somewhere like Leicester. Um, that's just putting my realistic hat on. Who do I think? I have no idea. Benitez would be fantastic. Um, he would be my choice as well, to be honest. He really would be. Um whether he'll come from Newcastle, I just doubt it. There's plenty of other managers at other clubs. Would they leave their club to then join Leicester uh, and possibly tarnish whatever they've done at that previous club? You're looking at the likes of Dyche and also um, Howe down at Bournemouth. I don't think they would leave to join Leicester. So who is it? Is it someone from left field? Well, look at Ranieri when they appointed him. That was very much left field. 
uh, and obviously worked out okay. So we could we could talk to the cows come home about managers, and we just haven't got an absolute clue. No one has. Um, I know the likes of Coleman and all them lot. They're going to be in the betting. Yeah, of course they are. Um, that's fine. I think Neil Lennon's head might be right uh, raised again. I think he'll be probably a lot shorter come the morning. Um, than what he is now. I know he's got a job at Hibernian, but, you know, end of the day, compared to Leicester, they're nowhere. So it is just mightily strange. The, the disappointing aspect of it is obviously, you know, the personal side of it for Shakespeare, but I don't know the bloke, so we'll gloss over that. Um, but the other side, again, the players weren't told. They found out by Twitter or through social media or by looking online. I think it was the... Uh, uh, the Daily Fail that uh, broke it, and um, and so they they found out that way. Disappointing the way we know the owners have done very well at Leicester, and they're massively respected by all fans. And if you don't, then then you're quite frankly a a, a complete moron. But um, it it might not be them. It might be just the way the club's being run at the moment. We know what's happened with Silver, but it it just seems that the inner workings of the club is not quite right. And maybe it does need an experienced manager to come in. Um, I think Hiddink's name will be linked. But someone maybe to come in and go, hang on, this is not how it works. You look at the likes of Claudio beforehand. He came in and he accepted his place and the ball started rolling very quickly. It started rolling um, uphill very quickly and he just basically, it might have been a mess behind the scenes, but when doesn't matter, on the field, it's just superb. Ride the tide, win the league. It kind of unravelled the season after. And then Shakespeare was probably in no position to challenge or to question anything. He was probably just delighted that he's got the job. It might need someone to come in and go, hang on, this is not how we actually run a football club on the football side of things. I've been a big defender of John Rudkin, uh, the director of football, saying that uh, it might not have been him who was signing the players when Steve Walsh left. Um, we were signing players who might have already been in the process of joining the club, the likes of Musa and Slomani. But obviously since then, yes, it's been under his leadership. We've signed some good players, but other aspects of the club, it just doesn't seem quite right. Um, I would like to see him go for an experienced guy. I'd like to see someone with Premier League experience, as you said, with a style of playing, but um, with also the ability to maybe bring in players a bit of a name. And even if it's an experienced name, it doesn't matter. You've got young coaches at the club who undoubtedly, I'd imagine, will stay. Um, I'd like to see some a kind of a figurehead at the club, like a Benitez, like a Hiddink, that sort of person, just to calm the situation down, make some changes, get the team playing, and then go from there. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about the owners because we have been quite vocal on this podcast in saying that we uh, that we fully support them. Every decision they've made from a business perspective or a footballing perspective has been a, a positive one ultimately and had the desired you, effect. You have to though, don't you? You have to support them. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, our support of Leicester City is unwavering. Unless, unless there's something, unless it's something absolutely bizarre, completely moronic, where you go, "Hang on, this is that's just nuts." you have to kind of go with the flow and they haven't put a foot wrong in terms of doing anything majorly stupid so far. Um, so, so you have to, and obviously the success on the field uh, helps as well. I, I just, I just hope that Leicester fans aren't trying to, they're not biting off more than they can chew. They're not getting beyond their station. That's what my personal thought was, but I think the owners with sacking Shakespeare and with that statement, especially they are wanting top 10, all, all fans want success. We want to win everything. We want to win the league again. We want to win cups. We want to be an established top 10 side. We want to go around Europe again. We do. 
But that's what fans do. Fans dream, as Claudio said, keep dreaming. But the owners, surely they're the ones who are meant to kind of not bring us down, but be a bit more grounded, a bit more level-headed. It seems that they're not. That means we're in for a wild ride and, you know, strap me, I'll be there, I'll, be, I'll, I'll enjoy it. But um, it seems that the owners are on the same wavelength as some people that I thought were a bit more overreacted on, on you know, on Twitter and on Facebook saying sack, Ranier, uh, sack Shakespeare. But uh, it seems that most of them fans are singing off the same hymn sheet as the owners. So we're saying uh, we're backing the owners. What do you make of a tweet from... Uh... One of Leicester's most famous sons this afternoon, Gary Lineker, said uh, was always a miracle, uh, but it's even more remarkable, really, that Leicester won the league given the ineptitude of those that run the club. Now, it doesn't state exactly who he was referring to there, but I think uh, from what I can gather and from what people can gather, uh, it's sort of the directors that he's talking about rather than necessarily the the owners do you, do you really think that Claudio Ranieri did such a good job on the pitch that it masked problems that were happening behind the scenes already we always thought that it was a very well-run club um it's uh, it's interesting obviously had Susan Whelan was brought in by them and uh, the director of football John Rugkin taken over from Walsh but um I think that tweet there and I've, I've not seen anything from uh, Lineker at all but um that that to me sounds like it's the people running the club rather than the owners. Um, we know the owners are fairly hands-on, but I think it's the football side of things. I think he's referring to players uh, who have been signed um, rather than the owners. I know he's been quite critical of them in some points when they sacked Claudio, etc. Um, and it's interesting. I, I have seen um, I've seen only five or six minutes of of news coverage of this, and I've basically disagreed with everything they've said. Um, they were saying, oh, yeah, the fans are up in arms when they sack Claudio. No, fans of every other club in the country and around the world were, apart from Leicester fans. They were the ones who have seen the demise of the team. And don't get me wrong, we were going right down. And I've already had uh, I've already had a, a few words on, online with a few people about it and uh, saying, oh, yeah, these are the people who sacked Claudio, remember? And I'm like, hang on. We were going right down if we kept uh, Ranieri in charge, as much as he's an absolute hero, but we were going down. So they made the right decision when they sacked when they sacked Pearson. It was the right decision when they sacked you know, now they and they appointed Shakespeare. It's the right decision. But I think with um, with Lineker there, he's definitely pinpointing the people who run the football side of things. Yeah, and the thing about Ranieri there is we all felt sad about it, but ultimately we all reckon, well, the majority of us recognised that it was uh, a decision made for a, for a footballing reason. I think there's, uh, in a way, there's less sentiment towards Craig Shakespeare uh, in many ways because he's he's rarely been the figurehead, uh, if you like, and, and for, for whatever reason, he's not as likeable as, as Claudio Ranieri, let's say. Uh, a couple of hours ago, we started a poll on our Twitter handle at FFSPod uh, saying very simple, yes or no needed. Are Leicester City right to sh- sack Craig Shakespeare? Uh, and that poll uh, has had quite a number of votes, actually. And as it stands, uh, we've left about five more hours on it. So you can vote till sort of midnight tonight. Um, it's such it's such a split decision. It's 54% saying yes Leicester are right to sack Craig Shakespeare, 46% saying no. So it's a decision that's, uh, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's too early or or not early enough, in other people's opinion, it's it's going to cause a bit of divide amongst Leicester fans uh, over the next couple of weeks. I think the majority of fans will trust the owners and, and go with the flow. 
But I'll, I'll give you another poll as well, which is interesting. I think that those figures are very, very interesting. So it, it's it's very 50-50 nearly, isn't it, of, of, of fans. Um, so I ran a poll after the game against West Brom. Obviously, uh, emotions are high automatically after a game, saying, who do you blame for Leicester's stuttering start? Do you blame Shakespeare or do you blame the players? So I wasn't referring just to the game against West Brom, but overall the stuttering start... And uh, there was four options. Do you blame the players? Do you blame Shaky and the players? Do you just blame Shakespeare? And do you blame Shakespeare to a point where you sack him right now? Now, 50% of people voted for Shaky and the players. So basically, it's everyone's in it together. But the next highest with 27% was sack him now. So I think a lot of people out there have maybe thought sack him now. And then all of a sudden it's happened and they've gone, oh dear. That we've just got rid of a guy who's been at the club for so long and who we actually quite like. Yes, it might be for the greater good, but again, the reactionary nature of football fans. Football fans are fickle, as we know, for every single club. So it's interesting there that uh, you know we we have a, a percentage wanting him to go, and then when it actually happens less than twenty four hours later, it turns out it's not actually quite that high of people who wanted him to go. It's uh, that's an interesting uh, uh, a poll that you've done there on the back of one that I did. Uh, and again, it just shows you that um, maybe asking a football fan's true opinion is not the greatest thing to to do right after <laughs> a poor performance at home against uh, a dreadful West Brom team. And when I mean dreadful, I mean the way that they play um, and, and their manager and the style. The whole thing is horrible. Um, it's, 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 it's very interesting. And, and, and in a weird way, it's exciting. End of the day, we're fans. We can't control what happens. We can All we can do is get behind the club. I didn't like the booze, and I think there is an element at the club which we've said before, and I'll say again, um, you are perfectly entitled to boo. You've paid your money, and that's the first thing someone would say. If you turn around to someone and say, you can't boo, they'll say, well, hang on, I've paid my money. Fair dues, you've paid. But there was a small smattering of them at half-time, and at full-time, there was an audible boo. And I was like, hang on. I, we've not lost at home. We've drawn at home against West Brom, who are an established mid-table Premier League side who came for a point massively. We didn't play very well, absolutely true. We are stuttering in the league, but to boo at the end of the game, I was like, hang on, that's a little bit too much. And it wasn't a small corner. It was quite loud and uh, quite noticeable as well. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting... I, I just don't like that aspect of, of of the support, which is, you know, it's fine. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I know that Leicester played a pre-season, uh, they played a closed, behind closed doors game today at uh, 11 o'clock uh, to get Silver, hopefully a bit of fitness. And Shakespeare was there, watched that, finished at one, went into the uh, the uh, the rooms behind the scenes there and, and was sacked. Um, so obviously he never saw it coming. The players didn't know it was happening. What now? What's what's the next episode in this uh, weird and wonderful soap opera that's Leicester? And the next episode really is is Swansea on uh, on Saturday with Appleton in charge and uh, maybe a change of system. You never know what he might do. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll go his own way because end of the day he is the <laughs> temporary manager, caretaker manager of Leicester City Football Club. And look what happened to the guy before him. He actually got the job, didn't he? So. Um, if he goes and I pretty much think he's going to stamp his own authority on the side, he might make a few changes. I think he's going to change the shape, definitely. And if he gets a positive result, you never know. 
Let's go over to social media then, because as you'd expect in the last few hours, it's been a a bit of a frenzy. Thanks to those of you that got in contact with us at FFS Pod on Twitter uh, or Facebook.com forward slash for Fox 8 podcast. Uh, Paul Oliver says, enter Nigel Pearson. Lol. Is that a See, I've not seen any of these. I've not seen any of these. This is this is new to me. So, uh, well, let's have your right. reaction to them as I read them out. Then en- enter Nigel Pearson. Lol. That's tongue in cheek. That's tongue tongue in cheek. From I, I know Paul. That's tongue in cheek. Well, I know it's tongue in cheek, but is is it is it that unrealistic? It's not that unrealistic. Um, it but apparently it's a no go. Uh, apparently it's a no go. Whether it's something that happens in the future, I would be. I would be um, amazed if Nigel Pearson is not in the future working at some some way or form or, or somewhere more to do with Leicester than uh, this club in uh, in Belgium. I think he will be at the club again. I don't think now. Um, I'm thinking if if the worst happens at Leicester, if the worst if they do get relegated or something along them lines then that's when someone like a Pearson will come in or there's something really dramatic. I don't think it will be Pearson this time. All the reports are that it won't be as well. Good. Uh, not, nothing, <laughs> against, nothing against the bloke, but if we're, if we're looking to try and get a, a manager in that's going to take us on to bigger and better things, he's perhaps not the person. I uh, completely Gary, agree. Gary Baines has tweeted saying, uh, I'm not a City fan, but you've got a feel for the guy. Three more points, say, for example, when they could have nicked a win against Liverpool and they'd be 11th. Uh, I thought sacking Ranieri was a shock. This has shocked me even more. Craig and the team have been good, but uh, got bad results from tough fixtures. Uh, who it's good that is... he's not a Leicester fan, but he listens to the podcast. That's that's interesting. But uh, oh, yeah, He's got a picture I, I of kind Sean of... Deitch as his profile picture as well. Oh, well, I, I agree with him on, on the fact that we are only a few points off mid-table. We are three points away from mid-table. But um, it's the style of football. It's the progression of the team. It's maybe a change in style that was muted probably at uh, you know before the season started. It's uh, the progression of the team that's not been there rather than just being where they are in the league. I think that's got more to do with it than their current position. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Ali Hall has tweeted saying, looked out of his depth, can't blame the owners, couldn't let it go on too long, their ambitions are too big. That's that's um, something that I, I agree with in a way because ultimately there's not been any real signs that Shakespeare could get Leicester playing any better than they were against so-called beatable teams. I put that in inverted commas because the Premier League is obviously... Uh, a very tough division. It, it, it's a it's a fine balance in the Premier League season because you say yeah it's quite a long season it's over thirty eight games uh, there's plenty of time but but sometimes there's not plenty of time and is it better to make the decision now and get somebody in to give them the rest of the season rather than say oh we'll just give him a bit longer oh we'll give him till Christmas oh we'll give him to the end of the January transfer window at which point then you are panicking then you are running out of time now now let's say Michael Appleton has to be in charge for the next four or five games say and we pick up a couple of points here and there but ultimately don't do anything any better at least that time will be uh, given and dedicated to the recruitment process rather than going oh goodness me we've got about eight games left rather than eight games gone we need to get somebody in quick we need a quick fix that's not going to be a long-term solution uh, for the club going forward, isn't necessarily going to be the right fit for the club, uh, and ultimately then we'll be in this position again 12 months down the line. 
I completely agree. I think it's a good tweet as well. Looked out of his depth. If you look at uh, pictures of Shakespeare and, and the way he was on, on the sideline, um, you know that he's a football guy, but is he really a manager? I've said before, I think he's a top-class coach. Um, can't blame the owners. Won't let it go on for too long. Their ambitions are too big. Well, if the ambitions are too big or the ambitions are, are, are huge for the owners, they want to be a top club, then bring it on. Fantastic. And if it doesn't include Shakespeare, that's fine with me. Um Looked out of his depth, I, I think that's true. I think it, it, it possibly... It's, it's disappointing with Shakespeare because I thought he would have been the one person that if they were going to change systems, if they were going to react in games, then I thought he would have been the one person to do it. I've defended him a few times on the podcast uh, with his performances on the touchline, defending his substitutions um, and his role for a few you know, a few players playing uh, rather that some fans didn't think deserved their place in the side. Um, but uh, I think overall that might be completely right. Um, again, there's there's that element. Um, for some reason, there's this anti King Andy King brigade that started from nowhere. Uh, that needs to be stopped and shut down pretty quickly. You can maybe think someone should be playing in front of him, but there's a, a weird and wonderful group of supporters who suddenly think Andy King should be nowhere near the club. I don't understand their man- mentality at all. For me, um, if you think that, then. To be honest, I don't think you're a, a true Leicester fan, really. But uh, it's uh, it's a strange situation we're in at the moment. But uh, any more, any more tweets or uh... yeah, yeah. Back onto Twitter, Packer Ken, a friend of the podcast from uh, from across the pond, says uh, too quick. Registering silver 14 seconds late wasn't on him. That free kick goal yesterday wasn't either. Uh, Good point. Two, two things that were obviously very much out of Craig Shakespeare's control. If you've got Adrian Silva 14 seconds earlier and you play him in central midfield, are we all of a sudden a better team? Are we a more creative team? Probably. Uh, if that free kick doesn't go in uh, for West Brom uh, on Monday night, uh, did, would we necessarily have gone on to win the game? Po- possibly not. I mean, you can't just start chalking off goals here and there uh, because that because that that will have uh, changed the the course and the momentum of the game. Uh, but can Craig Shakespeare legislate for one piece of uh, excellence from a set piece, or should Casper Schmeichel have a bit of the lay, uh, blame laid at his door for that? Uh, Craig Shakespeare, we know, is not directly responsible for any transfers or any paperwork, etc. So Silver not being in the squad. 14 seconds late, but do those two things, well, I guess that's two things out of a, out of a few that Packer Ken selected there. Not not many things have gone Leicester's way so far this season. Let's be, let's be clear about that. We gave pretty much every one of the top teams a decent run in spells, um, perhaps uh, apart from maybe Manchester United, who are, who are a supreme-looking beast this season. Do you think it's just a couple of little things that have all mounted together to make us all a bit less positive about Craig Shakespeare's approach, or, or do you do you think as a whole, uh, even if you took these things away, ultimately he wasn't the right man? I think ultimately he wasn't the right man. I, I think it would have been interesting if we did win yesterday against West Brom. Would he still be the manager? Surely he would have been. You can't sack someone directly after a, a win at home. Well, yeah, because um, we'd have been up to thirteenth with a win yesterday. Exactly, and I've, I, I take the point about the free kick, um, and it just confirms my suspicion that we've mentioned, maybe not for a while, but um, about uh, Schmeichel having a problem with free kicks. Um, I think he's got a huge problem. I always link it to David James. David James could not stop a shot over a wall in his life. He, he, he was just rooted to the spot, and I think Schmeichel's got a little bit of that in him as well. In fact, not even a little bit. He That's his one of his main weaknesses as a goalkeeper. Um 
I think it's just everything. I think it's the overall direction, the quality of football, the progression of the side, the, a lot of money spent on players and uh, not really being integrated into the side as much. Um, and I think you could put even uh, Dragovic into that. Um, you look at other clubs as well. I think you look at the progression of Watford and, and teams like that. I know teams have one good season and then they go down the next. We've seen that at Leicester. But um, I think you just look at the side and the way other sides are playing and you just kind of question the progression. And that you have to label a lot of the blame at the players as well. And the players will be hurting. They really like Shakespeare. He got on with the players fantastically for the whole time he was at the club, all six years plus. So, you know, they they will feel it's it's partly their fault. Um, and, it, and it damn right is their fault as well. And you wonder as well, there's other things that may be in the background. There's the contract negotiations with um, extending Gray's contracts. Well, if they're extending Gray's contract, he's not playing. Why isn't he playing? That's the manager's decision. They're negotiating with Gray. Maybe Gray sat there in their office going, why aren't I playing? You're going to give me a new contract worth 60 grand a week, 50 grand a week, and yet you're not going to play. You're not playing me in the team. Things like that might be going on behind the scenes, a few rumblings. So they all add up and uh, ultimately they, they make one decision and that's being sacked. Well, yeah, they've all added up to Craig Shakespeare getting the sack. If we if we're doing the maths here on for Fox Aid podcast, which we're not really renowned for, but that's uh, that's that. Uh, another tweet uh, from Martin Standen say it just simply says, "Good, the bloke's a snake." Um, a few, a few, a few people kind of recalling the 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 way that uh, Claudio Ranieri went from the club. It was never really fully cleared up, and nor will it ever be. I guess until about thirty years down the line, when some players maybe start releasing their their, their books uh, and and look back over their career. But um, Craig Shakespeare, a snake, or Craig Shakespeare, a bloke who always had a good relationship with the players and was in in a position to to steady the ship when Ranieri went. I, I don't think I wouldn't call him a snake, but um, I I can understand where Martin's coming from. I think that there's two sides to people who would say that. I think there's those who think that it was Shakespeare who stabbed Ranieri in the back, and that's why the players and Shakespeare and uh, Shakespeare got rid of the manager, um, and they weren't playing for him. Uh, there's another way of thinking, and that's uh, that's obviously the players were just not performing and that's why Ranieri got sacked and there was nothing to do with um, you know being stabbed in the back obviously Martin's on one side of that argument I'm probably on the other side really I don't think there was any stabbings in the back and I think there were grumblings behind the scenes and if some if a manager goes I I, I can't believe a manager has never has ever been sacked where there's not been rumblings behind the scenes and words from coaches and players too um to the owners of the club. Um, I think just a spotlight was on Leicester because of what happened the season before. Um, I don't think there was a mass mutiny against Claudio at all. Um, if it turns out there was, then there, then there was. But I just don't believe that. Um, and I think if it did happen, it would have come out by now um, before any book or whatever has been written. So uh, I don't agree with that, but everyone's obviously entitled to their opinion. Thanks for getting in contact, as always. Um, any more for any more? Indeed, yeah. Uh, if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, at FFSPod uh, is our Twitter handle. I'm going to look over to Facebook now. Uh, Sam Collins has just said, sad but not heartbroken. I think that kind of uh, revisits the point I was making earlier, that people kind of loved Claudio Ranieri as a bloke more than they warmed to Craig Shakespeare, if you like. So, so kind of sad that we have to start again, again but not heartbroken in the way that the sentimental value that we had linked to Claudio Ranieri, I don't think. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that 
I think that sums up the entire situation very, very well. Sad, but ultimately not heartbroken. And I'd also under that sad, not heartbroken and optimistic. We are still very early in the season. We've got all sorts of names being banded around. Who knows? It's exciting. It is a bit sad at the same time, but it's exciting as well. It is, yeah. We've got Ollie Day on Facebook saying it's a bit too soon in my opinion, but hopefully they've already got somebody signed up. It can't possibly be Pearson again with one of those crying laughter emojis. Uh, we've already discussed the, the Pearson thing. Um, we've already also said that it's it's come as a, quite out of the blue, so maybe they already have got somebody lined up, but the fact that Appleton's in charge for Saturday... Uh, they've just said Saturday they've not even said next Tuesday against Leeds so I think we'll wait and see on on that one Scott Marshall's been in touch says he's not been helped by the club in many ways our weakest area is central midfield and the silver nonsense has been a big factor I wonder how much say he actually had in summer transfers however I've always felt he's not tactically astute enough to be a manager outstanding coach no one's questioning that but 4-4-2 got found out last season, yet we've played it every game this season. Uh, his input over the two Pearson spells and under Claudio has been tremendous. He did more than most people know in the title-winning year. Let's not forget his massive contributions to our club. And I think that from Scott kind of sums up the way we're feeling here at For Fox Sake. Uh, yes, there are things that are happening in the background that haven't helped Craig Shakespeare's cause, but ultimately he was a little bit out of it, out of his depth, not able to make tactical or personnel changes at, at times that could affect matches or change the course of of a run of results, let's say. Uh, but also, thanks very much for all the work that you've done at the club. You've been uh, an impeccable professional, a brilliant assistant to, to two of our best ever managers, if you like, in Nigel Pearson and, and Claudio Ranieri. So so it, it's sad that, you know, players never get sacked. Play, unless they do something really, really bad, players never get sacked. They, they move on, and whether that's right or wrong, uh, and whatever opinion you have about a player, they're never labelled with the term sacked. Now, Craig Shakespeare will always have this label now, but uh, but I think it would be sad if that uh, becomes detrimental to the respect that he should have from Leicester fans uh, and people around the club for the hard work that he put in, in what is what he will probably now look at as as his role within football, an assistant manager, uh, 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 an experienced coach, a support network to somebody that can lead a side, if you like. Uh, I think it would be sad if that if that falls away because we've talked about players, we won't go into it in detail, but talked about players like N'Golo Kante, like Danny Drinkwater. They, they've gone with our blessings, but they've never gone under the label of sacked. Craig Shakespeare has that hanging over him now, but I'd like to urge Leicester fans and for Fox 8 podcast listeners to think, right, just take a step back. Look at what we achieved with him making a big contribution to that. And I agree wholly with Scott there saying, let's not forget his massive contributions to our club. I don't think people will. I think that's exactly right. I, I think the fact that it's only been a few games this season, it, we've not had, um, and, and, and none of this has taken away from Claudio at all. If someone asked me about Claudio Ranieri, I just don't think of the final 10 or 12 games of his reign at all. It doesn't even come into the equation, really. Um, and with Shakespeare, if you ask me about Craig Shakespeare, my first thing will be, again, him holding the Premier League trophy, helping out uh, Pearson from getting us from the lower half of the championship to winning the league, to winning the league again, uh, and and all that he's done. And also, 
the the the, the final part to it would be the games against um, Seville. You know, the fact that uh, that home leg uh, in the Champions League, what a night, one of the best games ever at the King Power that will, will ever be. Uh, what a night, the game against Liverpool in the league, winning all those first few games, uh, surviving in the Premier League quite comfortably after a, a, you know, a hell of a season on and off the field. It's, um, you know, he's done more at this football club than and anyone really, um, along with, say, Claudio and uh, and obviously the only, you know, he's he is in Leicester folklore and, I don't think he's done anything really to tarnish that absolutely whatsoever. I know the results have been disappointing, but it's not been rock bottom. And that's the main thing. It's not been rock bottom at all. So, uh, you know, he goes on to another job and he'll be handsomely paid off because, remember, he had a three-year contract. So whatever he was earning as the manager of Leicester, I can't see it being one of the uh, highest-earning Premier League managers, but he'll be handsomely rewarded. So um, he might turn around and go, look, I've given it a go. I want to go back to a number two because my job's on the uh, training field with uh, a couple of footballs put under each arm. So uh, that's, that's Craig Shakespeare for you. On to the next chapter. Um, my question to you is, how long would you like Leicester to take in appointing a new manager? Or, should I rephrase the question, how long would you accept a caretaker manager, Michael Appleton, to be in charge? Would you just accept the one game? Or do you want Leicester to get on with things quicker than that? Or would you say, Michael Appleton, I'm fine as long as the results pick up? It's a fine balance, that one, because I, on one hand, would like Leicester to take as much time as it needs to uh, employ a thorough recruitment process, make sure we get the right person in for the job. Uh, but on the other hand, Michael Appleton is far from a Premier League manager. We we took him away from being manager at Oxford. If he was worthy of a place uh, as a Premier League number one, he would be a Premier League number one, or he would at least be somebody that was uh, sort of causing a stir in the championship, if you like, and, and, and being tipped with, with jobs. He, he was brought in uh, to be the number two to Craig Shakespeare, to be, one could only assume from the way that he looks, at least uh, the enforcer, if you like, uh, the hard taskmaster. Maybe Craig Shakespeare wanted to be friendly, friendly with the players still, and he didn't want to do the, the ugly stuff. And maybe that's why he brought Appleton in. I, I don't know. Is Michael Appleton... The man to lead Leicester City forward? Absolutely not. Um, how long do we give him? Well, the club have put themselves now in the position where they have to give him as long as they need to find a replacement. Because if you get rid of Michael Appleton, then poor old Mike Stiles in caretaker charge once again. Uh, and there's a reason he's never progressed from sort of goalkeeping coach with a bit of influence on the, on the uh, management team. But when when do you when do you panic though, Rob? When is when does the panic button start to be pressed? I.e., Appleton's still in charge, regardless of the result against Swansea. When if Appleton's still in charge, when do you press the panic button of why haven't we got a new manager? Have they sacked Shakespeare without anyone in mind? I'm not really much of a panicker, but I would start to worry a bit. Uh, regardless of results, if Appleton was in charge for more than four games. I don't think... Uh, maybe four or five, let's say. A couple of weeks, two to three weeks. If 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 the recruitment process takes longer than that, um, then one, it better be a bloody good manager that comes in. Um, 
and and two, we better have got some results in that time under Michael Appleton because if it drags out any longer than that, we're in real danger of all of a sudden we say, oh yeah, at the minute we're only in single figures of games played in the Premier League, we're eight games in, no no need to panic. But if all of a sudden you tick towards the 15-16 mark and you're getting towards what people would call halfway through the season and and you're still under the caretaker management of uh, of a bloke who was formerly at Oxford, then you start to think, well... Why did we sack Craig Shakespeare? I don't know whether the owners have gone, well, we need to make a change. There's never going to be a good time to sack a manager. Let's do it now. Or whether they've gone, oh, let's. we can look at this guy. We can look at that guy. We can look at that guy. Uh, the recruitment process shouldn't take too long. We think this this target is is attainable uh, in terms of a, a new manager. Then, then that means we can get rid of Shakespeare now. I don't, I don't know which way around they've thought about it. Uh, I would imagine there'll be some kind of plan in place, but who knows? It will. It won't. It won't come out. Certainly won't come out before Saturday. I wouldn't imagine, and I, I would expect Appleton to be in charge on Tuesday uh, against Leeds. Maybe in a week we'll have a new manager sat in the stands, or or we've seen it before with other Premier League teams where they've kind of popped their heads in the dressing room but not officially been in charge in that game. Uh, if they can get it turned around in a week, then happy days if it's the right candidate but yeah if, if if we go four or five games two or three weeks I'm starting to think maybe uh, maybe we were a bit swift in getting rid of Shakespeare and maybe we're taking our time a bit too much with a new manager what do you reckon? Um, I agree I, I think for me I'd like to see him in charge before the next game in the Premier League I'll give him the game at the weekend I'll give him the game against Leeds but if nothing's been done um, between then and the next game then I would then be worrying I'll be worrying, hang on, are we scratching around for someone because we've not thought about this? Are we delayed because of someone that we were going to get and it's just taken a bit of time to get them in? Obviously, you'll have to then wait and see who that is. But I'd be worried if we don't have a new Leicester manager uh, between the uh, the game against Leeds and then the next Premier League game after that, which you're going to tell me is... Uh, Everton. <laughs> <laughs> he but, says uh, without suppose... an all, without a hundred percent degree of confidence. I believe it's Everton. And, and, and the next podcast that we'll do, we'll we'll do it um, at the King Power um, against Leeds. Um, we could do another car park uh, karaoke. That that seems to be quite good. Yeah, um, but we've used up that title now. Oh no, we'll have to think of something else. But I suppose really to 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 kind of round up the podcast, you just look back on on what he's done. You know, eight seasons with with Shakespeare. Three trophies, three leagues won, nights like in Europe against Seville, like I mentioned, the um, the display in the cup, let's slip the dogs of war. You know, he's done so much at this club uh, and he gave it his best go as a manager. And if you look at his managerial record, he wasn't that bad. He kept us in the league um, with those wins last season and it's not quite started this year, but the club's not fell apart. The team is still playing for him. They've not dropped anchor or anything like that. It's not been a big disaster. No one's pressed the panic button, especially here at For Fox Sake um, podcast, because we tend to be slightly above that sort of things. But, um, you know, he will be go down and if as, as a hero to many. And also, when they build the statue, they better put Craig Shakespeare in that statue alongside Claudio because he did uh, just as much as him to uh, to win that league. Indeed. Anything else to add, Pete, or are we just going to go and uh, 
watch some Champions League football on this on this Tuesday evening and, and try and process everything? Well, it's a reactionary podcast. Obviously, everyone knows as much as what we know at the time. You know, we're recording this at well, it's now just before seven o'clock in the evening. So, if anything happens between now and when you listen to the podcast, that's for obvious reasons why we've not mentioned it. Um, just get in contact. Tell us your thoughts. Um, it's an ever-changing situation. So, if some news does happen, then the first thing you want to do is get on Twitter at FFS Pod. Send us your thoughts. Don't wait for us to post something. Send us. Um, you can always direct messages as well for Fox Eight Podcast at Gmail dot com is the email. Facebook's a great way of getting involved as well. Just let us your uh, let to know your your views on who you want to be the manager on if there's any change in the odds dramatically any latest news anything to do with Leicester over the next seven days because there will be plenty uh, maybe you've heard something that's been broadcast uh, by you know the BBC ITV Sky Sports whoever uh, that was completely ridiculous and was completely false which I've heard uh, so far today by Sky Sports they were just talking nonsense about the Ranieri uh, Ranieri era um Tell us about that. Let us know, and then uh, we can discuss it on the podcast. So it's your podcast; it's not ours. So get involved. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll leave you with some uh, words that were sent to me earlier on today after Shakespeare got sacked uh, by friend of the podcast and colleague Dave Rogers. Uh, he said, uh, "Ultimately, Shakespeare just couldn't get them to play right." <laughs> <laughs>